This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Craig Kopp, reporting sine die for the 2022 Florida legislative session. And Republican Governor Ron DeSantis says it was a good session, the year of the parent. Yeah, you followed through. You look at you look at Florida. We are a we're a law and order state. Yeah, a heckler stomped on the governor's law and order line. More on the governor's end-of-session comments coming up. But hold on, say Democrats, this was a lousy session. So much emphasis being placed on things that really have uh, little to no impact on people's everyday lives. Democratic leaders hold a final session news conference to give the session an F. Sunrise lets them vent a little later. And really, already talk of a special session? Uh, property insurance rates are going up. Um, it is this this has the opportunity to be a real unifying moment here. Democrats and Republicans are talking potential special session to deal with the property insurance crisis. And you tell us what's going on here. Tom Brady's back. He's even got the slogan hashtag unfinished business. But first. The Florida legislature approved a $112 million budget and finally wrapped up the 2022 Florida legislative session. The session was supposed to finish on Friday, but the one thing the legislature is supposed to do every year, approve a budget, wasn't done in time. That might have had something to do with Governor Ron DeSantis, who had a bunch of legislation he wanted passed, the Parental Rights and Education Bill, the Stop Woke legislation, the so-called Don't Say Gay Bill, and more. After the hankies dropped, Ron DeSantis gave the legislature a lot of pats on the back for giving him what he wanted. I think if you look at what has been done, both in terms of funding and in policy, this really was the year of the parent in the state of Florida. We took... Through the legislature's actions, Florida has maintained its commitment uh, to accountability and high standards, but did it in a way that recognizes this one test, the FSA, is not the best way to do it. So we've replaced that with progress monitoring that'll be more friendly for teachers, for students, it'll give more feedback for parents, and it'll mean a lot less time having to take tests in school. So that is a huge win uh, for parents, students, and teachers. We also provided curriculum transparency so that parents have uh, understanding about what's going on inside the classroom. And I'm really, really proud to do that. And I can just say, as the parent of three kids that are age five and under, thank you for letting me and my wife be able to send our kids to kindergarten without them being sexualized. at the transparency provisions, if you look at what they did to make sure that we're not treating people different on the basis of race, we in Florida showed a commitment to education, not to indoctrination. And I want to thank the legislature for doing that. Yeah, the heckler was back. And this time the governor just plowed on through. If you look at what we promised to do with respect to the environment in Florida, in 2019, 
You know, I promise to have record support for Everglades restoration and water quality. And our goal was to increase the funding by a billion dollars over the previous four years before I became governor. And I'm happy to report that with this budget, uh, not only did we meet that, we blew that goal completely out of the water. With the funding that was provided for Everglades restoration and water quality projects, we will have over these four years doubled the amount of support for those key initiatives than the previous four years. So I want to thank the legislature for doing that. But uh, what about that other big job that comes around every 10 years, drawing district maps for state seats in the U.S. Congress? Well, there are maps. The governor hasn't received them yet, and he is sticking with his veto threat if he sees the maps the legislature passed. What do you think? (laughs) Um, I said what I said, and and of course I will do that. So they haven't sent it to me yet. Uh, but when they do, um, you know, we, we will go ahead and do that. And um, hopefully, um, you know, we're able to, uh, to agree on a product. And now's as good a time as any to let outgoing House Democratic leader Evan Jenny and incoming leader Carlos Guillermo Smith explain what they think is happening. I, I think the strategy is trying to have a little cool down period. As you know, the governor uh, came out swinging while we were debating uh, the uh, congressional maps. Uh, essentially saying that he would veto, well, not essentially, literally saying uh, that he would veto uh, the maps if that's how they came through. Uh, In fact, he used the uh, term dead on arrival uh, in his tweet uh, to to emphasize that point. Um, So I think part of it is holding off, hoping that the governor calms down a little bit uh, in terms of what he sees in these maps and what he's hoping to do with it. Um, so I think that's part of it uh, is just holding on. Uh, I think there is, you know, trying to I'm sure they are working behind the scenes to try to convince him not to veto, um, because I'm not really sure if there's a special session, uh, if legislators has been I'm talking uh, about the majority party right now, if legislators uh, are really going to be that into it. I can tell you from my private conversations uh, with a lot of Republicans, uh, they, they've had it uh, up to the eyes at this point uh, with the governor. Um, they have done everything that the governor has asked of them. Uh, but I, I, the governor's uh, particular uh, governance style uh, is you can do 99 things for him. Uh, but if you cross him once, uh, that's what he's going to remember. Um, and those are just impressions I've gotten uh, from my colleagues on the other side of the aisle. Um, I think right now we're in a tough spot and I think they're in a tough spot uh, because the governor has uh, built up this tough guy reputation. Uh, and if he does not follow through on his threat, how does that look moving forward in a Republican primary uh, for president of the United States? So um, there may be a case. Uh, look, I, I think there is a potential world uh, where if the governor were to veto and call for a special session, uh, that we come back up here um, and not engage, just simply sign die and leave um, and let it go to the courts. Um, I, I think a lot of people are tired. Um, of talking about redistricting, but that doesn't mean that we still shouldn't be. Uh, But I do think that it's going to set up a world where there are a lot of different paths that we could take, uh, and including a uh, rebuke of the governor uh, by Republican leadership, although I will not be holding my breath on that particular front. Uh, Rep. Smith, anything to add to that? I think you hit the nail on the head. 
Um, as I mentioned on the House floor, the Florida House of Representatives got played. Republican leadership decided that they were going to um, basically succumb to the whims of an ambitious governor. They slapped together a map that didn't follow the provisions of fair districts, but that certainly followed uh, the demands, well, in part of Governor DeSantis, and it wasn't good enough for him. Uh, and now here we are really without without a viable congressional map. In their final weekly press briefing of the session, Jenny and Smith gave this legislative session poor marks for generating a lot of unnecessary heat and very little necessary legislation. Uh, this was a pure and simple uh, uh, culture war uh, that we saw here. Uh, so much emphasis being placed on things that really have uh, little to no impact on people's everyday lives. And really what we're looking at is a erasure of certain communities, a demonizing and an otherizing of other communities. Uh, and really, I'd have to say it's been the most partisan uh, and culturally driven uh, session that I've ever been a part of. And that is not a good thing. Uh, we've neglected, obviously, I just told you how we neglected Florida homeowners on a, multi a multitude of different fronts. Uh, but it is it is uh, not a good place for a legislature uh, that should be here. We're only here for 60 days to really try to help uh, Florida Floridians. Uh, and we didn't do anything uh, for a whole lot of people. Smith said this session gave him flashbacks of sessions past. We came into legislative session with uh, a long list of issues that needed to be addressed. First and foremost, the affordable housing crisis. You all know that um, I have been a pretty vocal uh, leader on the issue of looking for affordable housing solutions uh, because we see rising rents. We see that Floridians can't afford Florida. And a big part of that certainly is uh, rent hikes themselves. A big part of it is the lack of affordable housing uh, units that comes as a result of sweeping the affordable housing Sadowski fund over the last uh, more than 20 years, more than $2 billion taken, and also certainly uh, property insurance. Uh, we see soaring property insurance rates. And unfortunately, in this legislative session, these critical issues took a backseat to um, politically driven um, and politically motivated culture wars that don't really improve anyone's life. Um, I get a sense of deja vu because I know that you all um, have been following the issues in the legislature for years. Uh, you've been following um, my advocacy as well. I feel like this is about where we ended it last year. We had a number of crises in the state of Florida that needed bold action from the legislature and I remember closing out the legislative session correctly, pointing out that, you know, had had we spent anywhere near the amount of time on solving affordable housing, on addressing rising property insurance rates that we had spent on enacting a, a ban on transgender students playing sports, then we would be all much better off. That's what I said at the close of the last legislative session. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we've just repeated the mistakes of last year in that the Republican majority continued to pursue these types of 
attacks against marginalized community, particularly against LGBTQ Floridians at the expense, not just of those targeted communities, but at the expense of the rest of the state and the urgent issues that we have to address, whether it's um, the teacher shortage, whether it's expanding healthcare, which we have the money to do, but we didn't. Um, I just find myself uh, saddened and frustrated um, by the lack of uh, seriousness with which the Republican-controlled legislature takes these real issues that are impacting Floridians. One of the saddest failures of this legislative session, says Jenny, was not passing any legislation to protect Florida condo dwellers after the seaside condominium collapse. Look, I, I think it's a lot of moneyed interest getting involved. When you're talking about those milestone inspections, you're talking about an outlay of a lot of money. Um, so I think that moneyed interest got involved um, and, uh, you know, people that own these large buildings uh, don't want to have to do the inspections all the time because they're expensive. Um, but it, it's it's really sad. Uh, and I I am not a doomsayer, um, but I am genuinely, genuinely concerned about the safety of people, especially those living on the coast in buildings that are a little bit older than others. Um, that we could have other real issues and real calamities uh, befall this state. So, uh, you know, without uh, having dug into it personally myself, I, I have had uh, conversations with some of the key players uh, over the course of the last two weeks trying to figure out what this is. Uh, but one place that all the prognostication seems to uh, push back on is heavy handed donors um, and, and, and the very wealthy um, and moneyed interest uh, trying to make sure uh, that their business interests are safe. Uh, prior to the people that are actually living in those buildings. I have no proof of that. Uh, that's just what I've been told time and time again. Uh, the House was ready to act, I think, in a uh, much more uh, aggressive manner. Uh, but we saw a lot of that fall to the wayside over uh, with our colleagues in the Senate side. So that may be a question better asked for some of those folks over there. Uh, but it is um, it's a tragedy that we did not do anything except rename a road after 99 people uh, were killed. Um, it is beyond me uh, why we do this, but we've seen it in other instances, instances before. We didn't have major nursing home uh, uh, policy reformation uh, when, you know, uh, a lot of people died just uh, to the south of my district. Um, you know, we didn't see uh, anything done uh, after the massacre at Pulse nightclub. So we see these horrible things happen and the legislature refused to do anything. Uh, obviously, the reasons are different on some of those other issues I just brought up. Uh, but at the end of the day, a lot of it comes with to deal with the acquisition and possession of power in this building. And Smith criticized the legislature for doing a lot of lawmaking, not through law, but through the budget. What we what we saw when these conforming budget bills were coming over was that they were loaded up with policy, um, policy that had not been vetted in any committees of the House or Senate that had a transformational impact on some bills that we passed. Here's one example uh, in Senate Bill 2524, the Higher Education Conforming Bill, there was language in there that substantially changed House Bill 7, also known as the Stop Woke Act that was uh, an absurd 
priority of Governor Ron DeSantis and the legislature. It basically says in the conforming language that the way that the bill is going to be enforced is that um, claims would be brought to either the courts or the Board of Governors, the BOG, or a standing committee of the Florida legislature. Uh, and that's in lines 337 to 343. So basically it took a bill, turned it on its head and basically said, oh, if you have a complaint, if you believe uh, that a higher education institution, for example, taught, taught history or taught racism in a way that made you feel uncomfortable in violation of the Stop Woke Act, you can bring that complaint to a political committee of the Florida legislature. I say political because it's, uh, it is made up of politicians with Republicans in the majority, that that committee will then be the judge, jury, and executioner on all violations of House Bill 7. Um, first of all, it's terrible policy. Second of all, it's not policy that we sneak into a budget conforming bill on the eve of legislative session as was done here. That's a, it may not be a violation of the rules, but it's certainly a violation of the culture uh, and the expectations that we have for transparency in the legislature. But Smith said the Democrats, even though they couldn't get done what they wanted to get done or stop Republicans from getting done what they wanted to get done, still made progress they can use next session. You know, I think we've certainly gotten the attention of the electorate. We saw an awakening of Florida residents uh, in response to Governor DeSantis's extreme agenda that has been motivated by his political ambitions. I was shocked to see the amount of um, pushback that we saw from the public on bills like the Don't Say Gay bill. I say shocked because it, it was it was tremendous and overwhelming. You had students who were uh, demonstrating walkouts. They were uh, demonstrating outside of their schools, directly impacted students from across the state, educators, parents coming to the Capitol. Uh, to oppose the 15-week abortion ban, the Don't Say Gay bill, the Stop Woke bill. All of these things have really struck a nerve with Florida voters, uh, and they're not happy with what's happening in Tallahassee. And what they see is they see Florida Democrats are standing up for the issues that they care about. We're not just standing up for affordable housing, for expanding health care, uh, and making sure that we fully fund our schools and address the teacher shortage, because we know that every Floridian deserves the opportunity to be healthy, prosperous, and safe. But also, they see Democrats as being their last line of defense against a right-wing extreme legislature that has pursued dangerous bills like Stop Woke, the 15-week abortion ban, and Don't Say Gay. And I think that that is very much going to be very helpful uh, when we leave this building and we get out into the campaign cycle in 2022. And the next session may come sooner than you think. No home insurance reform made it through the state legislature this session. And with the insurance industry in crisis, that could mean a special session is in the future. 
Insurance companies operating in Florida suffered a collective $1.5 billion loss in 2021. Progressive reports being $250 million in the red. During the 60-day legislative session, seven additional insurance carriers announced they would stop writing policies in Florida. Two companies providing insurance failed and went under. Meanwhile, the number of homeowners on the state-managed citizens' property insurance has swelled to over 800,000, with 600 signing up every week. That's in large part because the schedule for citizens keeps rates artificially low by state law. Representative Jenny says it's a mess, putting the legislature one more insurance company failure away from a special session to deal with it. It is going to be brutal for people out there unless we get back here uh, for the special session. Um, it is uh, it's going to it already is a huge problem. It's only going to continue to get worse. And unfortunately, um, we here in the legislature uh, decided that that wasn't important enough. Um, it's going to be and is a huge problem for every Floridian uh, that doesn't own their home outright uh, when it comes to some of the aspects. And it is going to be a huge problem uh, for people that own their house uh, free and clear. Uh, property insurance rates are going up. Um, it is this, this has the opportunity to be a really unifying moment here, uh, something that we haven't had very many of uh, in the last few years in the legislature. Uh, but something significant is going to have to be done, uh, and it's going to have to be done quickly. And uh, that's just not me, who usually comes from a, uh, a consumer advocacy point of view, uh, but my conversations with folks uh, in the insurance industry uh, tells me that, that they are at a breaking point as well. Uh, so I do think that the likelihood of a special session on that is extremely likely. Here's some of what's happening in Florida politics today. The Miami-Dade College Board of Trustees will meet this morning. The new College Board of Trustees will meet this afternoon. The Northwest Florida State College Board of Trustees will meet this afternoon. The North Florida College Board of Trustees meets this evening. The Chippewa College Board of Trustees is scheduled to meet this evening, too. And finally, when you think of Tom Brady, you think of all the numbers he's racked up. Well, here's a new one. Forty. That's how many days his retirement lasted. On Sunday, number 12 said he's coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for his 23rd NFL season. Brady led the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl title following the 2020 season and NFC South Championship last season. The seven-time Super Bowl champion announced his decision on Twitter and Instagram, saying he has unfinished business. Of course, that's now Brady's unretirement slogan. Hashtag unfinished business. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Craig Kopp. Join us again tomorrow as we do another daily dive into Florida politics.